0: Hello everyone, welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. So great pleasure. Welcome to today's program, Glenn Jones, who's VP of product strategy and marketing at Bloom Global. And today we're going to talk about order orchestration, enabling agility in the supply chain. Now, you know, we hear a lot about you know, the importance of creating an agile supply chain, um, especially during these times. I mean, you know, the pandemic that we're we're coming out of right now and stolen in, in many ways, uh, as well as, you know, more recently, the, the Suez, Suez Canal incident, you know, just kind of really brought the importance of uh, agile supply chain home. Um, but but what does that mean, you know, a- exactly? And and what is, um, you know, how is it linked to order orchestration? And, and how can companies prepare for the next uh, disruption in supply chain? Well, those are the main topics we're going to discuss in today's uh, episode. And it's great to have Glenn back on the program to share his insights and advice on this topic. So, Glenn, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks, Adrian. Thanks so much for having me back. It, it's wonderful. And, you know, we we, we love your programs here. We, we watch them all the time. And so, uh, I, I enjoy these conversations. They're always, uh, they're always good and insightful.
0: Great. Well, so- thank, you, thank you, Glenn. And I certainly appreciate you making the time to, to, to be with us today. And, uh, you know, earlier, you know, the last time you were on the program, we talked about sustainability, another topic that's, you know, front and center these days. And I'm going to wrap up i'm going to try to weave that topic into today's conversation okay. <laughs> as well but, but let's start with some definitions with regards to this topic you know beginning with with order orchestration which again is one of these topics that uh a lot of folks talk about but i think you, you know th- there might be different definitions out there a different perspective at, uh, about what it means so what does order orchestration mean and, and more importantly why is it important
1: yeah. So, I mean, conceptually order orchestration is it's organizing what needs to happen in order to fill an, fulfill an order. And of course there's a lot of different kinds of orders. Uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, you ordering on Amazon and, and then what needs to happen to get that uh, order fulfilled. Uh, that's not exactly where Bloom focuses right now. What where Bloom focuses is in managing logistics and transportation and, uh, and it's really, um, It's uh, uh, enabling what needs to happen in order to uh, fulfill a transportation order. And so there's the simplest type of transportation order, which says I need to move goods from one DC to another DC using a full truck load, and it's essentially you know going to a, a carrier and uh, having them move you know pick up the goods at an origin DC and move it to a destination DC. So that's a simpler version of order orchestration. Uh, the more complex versions, and this is what we really specialize in, is. Those moves that involve ocean or air or railroads, and so it's uh, you know maybe starting at an origin in a factory in Ho Chi Minh City that builds uh, hammers, and, uh, and and orchestrating the movement of those you know finished goods uh, to the port in Vietnam, maybe, and, and maybe going through a. Uh, a transship location in Busan uh, via an ocean carrier and getting onto another vessel, making it into the, the port of LA and then going on a train and making it to uh, you know somewhere in the middle of the US, Chicago or maybe uh, Indianapolis. And so that's a much more complex order <laughs> and it has to be orchestrated because, you know until the hammers get to Busan, you can't put them on that vessel to Busan and get them to, to LA. And, and so that, that's, that's a really good example of, uh, you know, what a more complex order orchestration is.
0: Yeah, with that, with that complexity, I mean, it's always been complex, but arguably today it's more complex than ever because, you know, of the kind of unique situation that we find ourselves in, you know, coming out of the pandemic, you know, you've got this unprecedented, you know, uh, increase in demand in many sectors of the economy. Um, but at the same time, the capacity is not there, or you've got, you know, an imbalance of, of capacity and demand and, and physical assets like, you know, containers and chassis and everything else. So everything that kind of got out of balance because of the pandemic, and then now it's trying to get back into balance. So not only is it layered with complexity, it's, you know, during normal times, you know, it's, uh, it's more complicated today than ever before because of these things, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. It you know we have uh, uh, you know during normal times, whatever that means anymore. But uh, <laughs> whenever there were normal times, you the the order and the order orchestration really focused on efficiency. You know it was you know it was setting up that long uh route lane you know it via be be air rail or ocean and just kind of letting the the uh the orchestration take the most efficient you know what's the lowest cost uh carrier or if i've got uh you know higher value goods maybe i i pick an air freight but it, again it was you know trying to find the most efficient way to get it there by whatever commit date the uh, uh, the manufacturer or the OEM has right, and I'm delivering to, to Walmart or I'm driving to an end consumer, and you know what's the least cost way that I can do that? When you're talking about ocean moves, and sometimes you know ocean and rail combined, um, you know there's a lot that happens in that 38 uh, fifth to 45 day lead time. <laughs> Demand changes as we see today and and, and, and ports are backed up and and all kinds of, you know, some of it's a little predictable, some of it's totally unpredictable. Uh, So now there's a whole introduction of agility into the supply chain. And so during that long stretch, you know, during that, you know, 40, 50 day lead time, manufacturing and transportation lead time, stuff just changes. And so nowadays it's not good enough just to purely be efficient. You know, uh, we're having to layer in agility into this supply chain. So as soon as that uh, cargo reaches the hammers, you know, reach the port, we found that we had a hurricane in Atlanta. Now the hammers, instead of going to Indianapolis, need to go to Atlanta to support, you know, the roofers and other people that are, you know, trying to repair their homes. And so agility has become very important. And, and that's, uh, uh, you know, it, it applies kind of across across the supply chain at almost any time. So yeah, I that's think that's one of the huge changes that have happened in and, and the pandemic really kind of drove it
0: yeah, no absolutely that was going to be my next question obviously you know um, you, that's another term we hear a lot about you know creating that agile supply chain as I mentioned in, in my opening you know comments there. So how does that link with, with with order orchestration? I mean I mean what does it mean ultimately to have an agile supply chain? I mean what, what, how do you know if you have one?
1: <laughs> yeah, no no great question and uh, and, <laughs> and I you know we find you really know when when those hammers hit the port of LA, <laughs> And they have to get to Atlanta. Can you make that happen? Or do you still need to ship them to uh, Indianapolis? And now you got to create a separate order, put them on a truck and get them to Atlanta. And so ideally, as soon as the, 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 the you know, whatever your cargo is, uh, hits, hits the, the seaport. You can now either directly, you know, if you're uh, a larger shipper and your, uh, you know, uh, uh, Lowe's or uh, or whoever's you know taking care of that uh, can can uh, you know make that change happen, or a lot of times that really needs to be facilitated by uh, uh, an ocean freight forwarder, or maybe an ocean carrier who's really managing that move. So does that ocean freight forwarder or does that ocean carrier have the ability, you know, to be able to take a, a different command you know can they say let's not run on rail to Chicago and then do a drain move down to Indianapolis? let's instead reroute those hammers or a subset of them, you know, a set of pallets or whatever, and let's get those to Atlanta. And what's the right way to get there? Is it transloading it onto a full truckload? Is it, you know, running it to, you know, changing the railroads and getting it to Atlanta via a different route? And so those are the kind of things that now we see more and more, at least at the ocean freight forwarder or whoever's handling that door move are having to do today that they didn't really have to think about before, or if they did it was uh on occasion today it's becoming more the norm
0: yeah no absolutely and i think it's becoming you know you can almost say that um you know agility uh, from that perspective is becoming a you know competitive differentiator right so it's no longer competing on on cost just uh, just on cost it's no longer competing just on even the service obviously the service aspect is part of the that that agility but it, it's on competing on, on being on how agile you are, how responsive you are to you know, disruptions or changes in, in plans. Cause we all know the one thing for sure in supply chain management and logistics is that, you know, the best laid plans, right? You know, uh, exceptions are gonna be the norm and yep. what you thought was gonna happen 35, 40 days ago, uh, more than likely is not what the current reality is and you're gonna need to uh, you know, adapt and, and, and change. So, how do you know whether you're a leader or a laggard when it comes to supply chain agility?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, uh, it's essentially being able to make those kind of changes dynamically. And uh, you know, I I love uh, you know you you mentioned a great one, uh, Mike Tyson saying, "Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth." (laughs) So, so here we are, you know, and uh, and so yes. We're seeing now in and, and we build a you know a lot of these technologies and we're you know trying to get them deployed, but it's not only the freight forwarders now that are offering these kind of services or trying to offer these kind of services. And if they're a leader, they have to, you know, and it's gotta be um not phone calls and and being able to know which exactly which person to call to make it happen. And and then when you do the call that you know, you're you're the freight forwarder, then you They have to know exactly what they need to do to make that happen. So more and more of that with a demand and the demand at the level that it is today, you've got to try to automate that that type of those type of changes at least as much as possible. You know, finding capacity, uh, finding the new capacity, uh, canceling if you need to, you know, what the the original plan was. And so uh, the leaders, uh, be it the... um, Be it the freight forwarders, or even we're even seeing carriers now, uh, railroads, uh, ocean carriers, starting to provide you know extended services that really let the, uh, the the end customers or the freight forwarders make these kind of changes dynamically. And so the leaders can do that. The laggards aren't able to. You know they're not able to respond in a timely way to be able to change these uh, these orders, these and 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 create a new orchestration on the fly. So that's kind of what we see today. And uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, of course, the pandemic has driven, you know, many companies to digitize their operations. So, first of all, you have to get insight and you have to know that you have to make these moves. And then once you do uh, and make the changes, and once you do know, you have to be able to affect them. And the leaders can do that, and the laggers are really struggling.
0: Yeah, you know, you you raise the point I was going to make, which is, you know, we we talk a lot about the importance of digital transformation. We've been talking about that for for, for many years, and I think, you know, obviously, 2020 was a wake up call for for many companies. But I think you raise an interesting point. It's not only it's not only a wake up call for shippers, you know, in terms of the need to, you know, move away from you know technology that they might have that was built in the 1980s or 1990s, you know, that that are no longer aligned with the you know the more dynamic environment that we're in. But it's also in order to truly enable this agile supply chain, it's really all the stakeholders um, have to be part of this digital transformation journey, right? So that includes the freight forwarders have to move up. You know, they can't rely on those phone calls and manual processing to be able to meet the needs of the shippers, as well as, you know, respond quickly. Um, it's the carriers, as you uh, as you talked about there. So, again, it's, it's shippers, it's carriers, it's freight forwarders. All the stakeholders really have Absolutely. to move. Absolutely,
1: it's, it's vertical. Mean it's got to be, you know, and uh, it, you know, not everybody's an Amazon that can that can have the whole vertical stack and make those kind of things. So yeah, these uh, the the underlying logistics providers, they they have to be able to provide these services on top of the more, you know, the, the the more traditional services they offer.
0: And I would think, as a shipper, then you know, particularly if you're one of the uh, again ahead of the curve, if you will, with digital transformation, as you're looking for partners, you know, freight forwarding partners, three PL partners, carrier partners. I mean, this is becoming a more critical part of the evaluation selection process: is to say, hey, yep. are you a leader or a laggard when it comes to you know enabling you know digital processing or enabling helping us? create an agile supply chain, right? Because if we don't want you to be the weakest link in our ability to be able to become more agile and
1: responsive. That's exactly right. You know, they're, they are willing to pay a little bit of a premium for this service today. Not sure how long that's gonna last, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, most of the shippers are, are, are understand that, you know, there is change in there, but you know, the more you automate it, uh, other than the fact that, you know, paying for a full truckload may be more expensive than paying for a, a rail, uh, but the but providing the service in general should not cost anymore. And if you're digitized and you have the right kind of digitized operations and the right, I'll use the word protocol, the ability to affect, the, you know, for a shipper to say, I need to make this change and for the service provider to say, I can do that. And here we go. You know, it's, uh, uh, you know, they'll still look for levels of efficiency there.
0: Right, right. So, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, the, the one sure thing is that there is going to be another disruption. There is going to be more exceptions because that's just the, the, the way this this industry works. I mean, so what actions should companies take to better prepare for the next, you know, disruption, particularly the next big disruption, whether it's another Suez Canal incident or, yep. you know, something of the scale that we had uh, with the pandemic. Hopefully that, that, that won't happen anytime soon again. But again, you got to be prepared for for any of these uh, changes what 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 should companies do to prepare
1: yeah so on the shipper side we are finding that you know and again this this control tower word has been overused but it's actually pretty insightful so being able to you know collect that data so the data is available today on you know uh, what's happening in the world and what the delays are and you know the suez canal or the backups in the port of uh, long beach that data is available. You know, we certainly have access and we provide that back to our customers as as do uh, other companies. But being able to digest that data and be able to understand this is a late ETA, understanding your inventory positions doesn't matter. You know, am I going to get penalized? And being able to, uh, for a... uh, a manufacturer, an OEM to understand that, for a retailer to understand their controls of being able to get uh, uh, cargo out. But most importantly, uh, having that system that can, I, we use the word control tower, that can ingest that information and then look at the current situation and then make recommendations and say, you know, okay, it doesn't matter for this one, but for these other three cases, yeah, you need to apply the agility trump card and and go affect change, and and then you know, and then understand what are the options for those changes. What can we do, and then how much is that really going to cost? And so, having that visibility and being able to do that on the fly uh, is uh, is very important. So for the shippers, you know, that that's kind of the the, the key thing that that we see. That they really need, and you know, we do. You know, bleed the control towers. I mean, they were. Uh, it doesn't have to be a massive program to implement. You, know, you can do something at a smaller scale and grow it over time. The control towers today also provide. You know, who do I contact? Who should I be able to find in order to really affect this change? If it's not all done electronically, you know, do I call uh, Joe at the uh, ocean freight Forwarder incorporated and, and make sure that, you know, that my change did actually happen and, 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 and that goes through. So those are the, the big things of course, for the underlying carriers, it's, you know, it's getting digitized and being able to, to really enable that agility, but while still, providing kind of the standard products that really focus on efficiency.
0: Yeah, no, great, great, great points. I mean, I think when it comes to, you know, control towers, visibility, you know, but I mean, like you said, there's so much data available today from so many different sources. Um, you know, I think the key is like, like, um, you know, we always say, how do you convert that data into actionable insights? And, and there's so much data today that if you try to do it with spreadsheets or in a very, you know, fragmented environment, um, you're just not gonna be able to, number one, be able to see the the right correlations or connections between the data points um, because it's just so so much, you know, there, but even more importantly, you're not gonna be able to, uh, you know, automate, you know, the actions that need to take, you know, place afterwards. So I think that's where, you know, the converting, you know, the analytics technology comes in, obviously now machine learning, and some of the yep. optimization uh, algorithms that that get layered on top of that come in um because i think we we've we've been here for a long time we, we've certainly the the complexity in today's supply chain have exceeded what spreadsheets can handle have exceeded exactly. what yep. human brains can do on their own right that um i i think the those and we learned that the hardware i mean many companies learned the, the hard way last year when um, you know, they were still relying on these manual systems and spreadsheets, and they really couldn't move fast enough or react fast enough, or not only fast enough, but intelligently enough, you, you know, to um, uh, get back on track. So I think those are the, you know, the, the, the key things there, as, as you said. Um, so, so Glenn, as, as a way to wrap up, uh, you know, I mentioned, you know, last time you were on the program, we, we talked about sustainability, um, which is another topic that again, it, it's, it's top of mind. So I'm kind of curious, I mean, can can auto orchestration and agility help with the supply chain sustainability?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the, um, we're seeing more and more today that uh, the, uh, the underlying carriers are trying to make, you know, carbon footprints transparent. And that's really important and, and that's kind of an enabler to all the you know a lot of the other decisions I mean there's other things like you know reducing empty miles and and we focus on those areas too but you know uh, whenever you're orchestrating orders or wherever you're laying out that initial plan and, and whenever you have to go into the agility mode and make changes of that plan we're finding that you know, our, our customers are asking for, okay, I mean, as a part of that selection criteria, even in, uh, uh, even in kind of an expedited mode, we still want to understand what that carbon footprint is. And we still want to be able to say, okay, you know, here's, you know, uh, uh, here is kind of the optimal route and carrier selection, even in expedite mode that helps reduce that carbon footprint. So making that transparent is is very important to, in order to you know really enable you know at, at least understanding uh, you know the, the cost in, in in carbon credits and then if you're you know like you know we've done we've become become carbon neutral and our customers are asking for that too I just I want to know what it is I'm gonna you know I'm gonna use it as part of the selection criteria and then in the end you know I need to have programs where I can do carbon offsets and so hence you need that that transparency.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I think the the, the key thing here, you know, historically, we've looked at cost and service as kind of the the, the main trade offs. But as we discussed in more detail in the last episode and you just kind of brought up now, you know, having some visibility and transparency to the carbon footprint or or carbon emissions or greenhouse emissions impact as well to different options is becoming more important. And it's again, the more visibility you have and the more understanding you have is going to make you, uh, you know, make smarter decisions all around. Weighing, weighing cost service and sustainability, exactly. um, you, you know, as part of the final final decision. Well, Glenn, um, you know, like I always say, we, we always just manage to scratch the surface on, on these topics, but uh, That's true. you provided a lot of great insights and advice. And I, I think, um, I think in many ways, we're preaching to the choir here because I think a, a lot of companies, I think fortunately finally understand that the, the importance of order orchestration and creating an, an agile supply chain, because you know, they're living and breathing it, uh, you know right now uh, i'm feeling the pain right now for for those that are have been laggards in this area so uh, i'm sure we'll continue to see more developments um and success stories moving forward and uh, you know maybe this will be a topic that we'll, we'll pick up again you know in a year's time and, and see where i we're
1: certainly at. hope so yeah right, thanks for having me on adrian we always, always a pleasure
0: great i want to thank those of you that joined us uh, if you're watching this episode on demand either at the bloom global website or on talking logistics and you've got a question or a comment for glenn Uh, You can post it there, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.